We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Welcome everybody to Can't Sleep, Won't Sleep, brought to you by Bucket of Wind. I'm Cameron, and as always, with me is... Matt. And Mason. Look at that. I'm back. <laughs> He's back from the He's dead. Back. Unbelievable! Um, yeah, we have a great show tonight. We're gonna get a, we're gonna be monkeying around, just the three of us. Yeah, we're gonna cover a few topics tonight. Uh, the big, we're gonna start off with the news. We're gonna talk about Young Justice. What's 20th Century Fox up to? Warner Brothers, Universal Studios. Holy shit! What's going on with the Valerian movie again? Uh, we're gonna talk about things might be broken on Shooter and uh, the Terminator franchise. That that machine won't die. And GOT and IMAX 3D and, of course, Iron Fist. And then later in the show, we're going to try to get to the bottom of the question. Are we really bananas for Planet of the Apes? We're going to be walking piece by piece through the modern trilogy and um, some movies of the past. We're going to really get down to the nitty gritty, including a review of War of the Planet of the Apes. War of the Planets. Two of us have seen it. Uh, Mason. Yes, who hasn't seen it? Has not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. Our that's ever awesome. faithful blind participant Mason <laughs> is in here. He's hey, t- the uninitiated get an opinion too. Uh, that's so right, exactly, and, and that's part of it. This reason I, I was just saying to Cameron earlier tonight. I like the fact that we have three of us during this because usually there's a perspective that uh, some people are listening because they have seen it and they want to hear what our view is. Then and some people accidentally clicked the suggested video <laughs> yeah. and they're like, "What the fuck is this?" And, and then, then there's like, people who haven't seen any it. of these fucking movies. That's right, and they want to see it and they're getting that perspective. So hopefully we can sell it either way to see what you think of it. And then finally, we'll follow up with the end of what we usually do is, uh, unfortunately, who died. <laughs> Box office winners and what might be coming out for the movie yeah, system. The new week. releases. I'm excited, though. Let's get into this juicy news. Okay. Uh, on Young Justice, uh, coming out with a new feature, it was brought back. It's going to be on Netflix, and it was brought back by popular demand. They're talking about that it's going to be launched back with a final third season they're talking about, uh, and the viewership actually uh, took up a, a little protest and got a third season to come from it. Mason, are you familiar with Young Justice at all? I didn't even know there are already two seasons out. What is Young Justice? <laughs> All right, so I'll, uh, for those who don't know anything about it, Young Justice is basically it's a show about all the sidekicks. So you got Kid Flash, Robin. Um, there's uh, Red Arrow and a lot of the mix, Aqualad, and they basically take these B leaguers and they make their own covert team that goes on missions. And the show is surprisingly adult for its kid projected audience. So what they had was they had a lot of teenagers watching the show basically. And that's why it didn't do so hot in the ratings initially because I think it was totally misrepresented for where it was supposed to be going. Mm. to teens, right? So after two uh, seasons, it was canceled. And there was a huge outcry. There was literally a crowdfunded campaign. That's why this third season is happening. And apparently, uh, allegedly, it's going to be on the new DC streaming service. So I'm super excited. They got contracted for a third season, baby. It's I will say this. You got to watch it. because it's- It sounds like some sort of shit that would be on the CW exactly it's much more along the lines of like a cw show because you know people are fucking other than like cartoon network shows where normally okay. it's, 
Well, no, normally it's like Batman. No, I, didn't, the I didn't think of the CW like shows that, that were promiscuous. I was just, <laughs> more, it's more soap opera like Smallville. Still good, but. Yeah. Well, that's what Lana's I'm saying. The bitch, Small, you know? Smallville was good except for the last season. You can watch it all and then turn it off before you see it. And last Lana. Time. Lana's her name, right? The whole time? Yeah. Kristen Fuck Crook. <laughs> but She's I'm, bitched the whole time. I'm excited for Young Justice. Yeah, but the producer, Greg Weissman, he did, like I said, want to thank all the. Uh, viewers for writing in and starting a campaign and got to continue for a third season it'll drop sometime in 2018 on netflix uh our next thing on 20th century fox it was very noticeable that they were absent from the comic-con how dare they uh they had a huge uh amount of stuff not dropping uh and, and including the uh, maze runner there have been news uh that there's going to be another installment of that but who knows? Right now, that's one set of movies, The Maze Runner. Have you ever seen one of these movies, Mason? Because I have not. I thought that was fucking The Hunger Games. What is Maze Runner? <laughs> well, that's the thing. I feel like Maze Runner lost out because they they released right after The Hunger Games, which is a terrible idea because all the teens already washed out of their allowance money. Yeah, the so, original one dropped in 2014. And as a kid, I read the Maze Runner books, and then I just saw the trailer, and I was kind of like, I guess. Well, it wasn't bad. I it mean, wasn't I, bad. I, for I took sure. your your little brother. He's 10. He loved it. It was about a six. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, not too long. About a kid, a bunch of kids, as you figured out, trying to get out of a maze, and a lot of people loved it. Um, but again, you got to remember, of course, it's it's not like any of the other movies that were out, like you said. Yeah. So what else did 20th Century Fox not touch in on at Comic-Con? Well, they just said that the other sequels are not produced, are not being pro- produced for any uh, projected date right now. So 20th Century Fox did say that they were trying to get that going and nothing else at this time, which is pretty scary. Dude, Fox scary. is just fucking up. It's like the CEO watched and Office have- Space or something. <laughs> it was just work ethic is shot. Well, because, and plus they're doing Deadpool 2, which was absent from Comic-Con as well. So I feel like they missed a huge opportunity by missing Comic-Con. This is your yeah, no, because they Deadpool 2 is posting their film updates on Snapchat, like one of those shitty little Snapchat stories. Yeah, but they're not the only ones doing that. I mean, Ron Howard, for a guy from Opie from, you know, Mayberry, he's posting every freaking day on what's going on with the from, new Star Wars Yeah, movie. from the new Han Solo movie. He's showing, like, Full dailies. Clips. Yep. Costumes. Like showing, like, that's the way to do it. Keep yeah, I know, but you would, think, you would think that, that like, how, how crazy was the margin on Deadpool 1? You'd think they'd be putting this movie everywhere. Everybody like they wants did to with see the Deadpool. first movie where it was like Deadpool sprawled down on a rug, Deadpool showing up at every pop culture event. Yeah, because the, the internet brought that movie to life. Where's Deadpool 2 on the internet? Nowhere. Well, you got to remember. There's no accidental leaks of footage. Well, you yeah, got to remember accidental. they're already on their second director. The original director who was on it. Bailed. I know yep, he bailed. Because he had now, creative differences with Ryan Reynolds. And it keeps happening all the time. But let's see. Who else was absent? From- absent from 20th Century? Shane Black was coming out with another Predator movie. Uh, everybody's been anticipating it's been talked about for almost two years now it still has not started any production still has not put out a, a drop date and it's not even talked about on any filming some of those I movies can get it. caught in production hell man all i know is you talk about a predator movie i mean i've loved all the predator movies that have coming out that have come out and i can't get enough of them and i just don't understand why they're not making these on a regular basis you know what the one i loved that doesn't get enough credit. I feel like AVP gets a lot of credit just because of like the cult fascination. Yes, Alien but versus the, Predator. Just the both fandoms one, gushing. 
Exactly. But the one with Adrian Brody, Predators. Yeah, that was a great movie. That was fucking sick. It was one of the sick. best. You drop, him into, you drop everybody into a hunting uh, area and you let them run free and then the Predators go and hunt them down one I just, at a time. I love that sequence when they're figuring out that they're not on Earth. Like they thought they were in a jungle in Argentina and then yeah. they see like three fucking moons. I was like, oh my God. Plus, so they cast a guy who played the pianist to be a fucking action hero and it worked. It worked great. How crazy is that? So it's yeah. sad that they're missing from Comic Con. Then it's good they were dropped on that planet with Adrian Brody because his fucking nose can d- detect the magnetic field, <laughs> so he knows where to go. Really, really? <laughs> you didn't what? Think, you didn't think it was any good? I loved it. I'm just saying his nose. His has radar properties. I agree radar with Mason properties. on this. Well, all I know is is I really can't wait for anything like that. And then also, once again, we keep hearing about the next Avatar movie from 20th Century Fox. I mean, they've had supposed to have five of these bitches come out. You know, they've they've geared up and they've said if you ever go under intermittent movie movie database they for James like Cameron, five at five, and they're scheduled all the way out to like 2021, and we still haven't seen any footage. Jesus, hopefully James Cameron doesn't die by then. How old is this guy? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know, but. I just don't understand. But again, this is a guy who can continuously swing for the fences. I mean, Titanic, everybody thought it was going to be a whiff. And this, He's 62. They got to speed up. Well, it's like, um, yeah. Yeah, but that's in regular years. That's not Hollywood years. Yeah. That's true. 62 is the new 42 in Hollywood. Can you guys guess how much James Cameron is worth? 600, 600 million. <laughs> 600 million? Yeah. How much do you think he's worth? No clue. Just throw out a number, Cameron. Um, Come on. 300 mil. One point seven nine billion dollars. That's insane. Jesus. He's a filmmaker he's probably, who is a billionaire. He's probably at his doctor getting those cryofacials that everyone's talking about right now, where they literally no, no, freeze he, your face. He doesn't look good. But what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. Does he have to really look good with one point seven billion dollars? He doesn't give a shit. Okay. Yeah. So next we'll move on to Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers, of course, made a huge splash. Everybody couldn't stop talking about their Justice League panel, which dropped its reel and everybody lost their freaking mind. They also released included titles, Aquaman, Shazam, Suicide Squad 2, The Batman, Justice League Dark, Batgirl, Green Lantern, The Flashpoint, Wonder Woman 2. All right. That Comic-Con made, when they talk with all those movies, made everything as silent as crickets for every other studio in the world. But that also creates so much expectation. Like, I feel like whereas... Uh, uh, 20th Century Fox withheld stuff from Comic-Con. The fact that Warner Brothers laid it all their cards out on the table. I have to agree with Cameron. I think they divulged a little too much. A little too much. Can I just tell you you're both out of your goddamn minds? Because you know what? No, no, no. I'm going to finish this. What haven't they delivered? Was Wonder Woman wasn't good enough for you two? No, but I do think BVS had some serious problems. Had some problems that only made $600 million or more. That's because it has the strongest fandoms. Like, I'm a DC guy through and through. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, anytime you talk about Batman, you talk about a billion dollars. There's not going to be a DC movie that I won't go see. But come on, and they made Aquaman. It wasn't the Aquaman that was from Justice League Powers Unite. It's the cool. You know, all of these movies are going to make money, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, the Aquaman they're putting out. The movies do not do well. Thor, like Thor the Ragnarok's f- going to make a killing. Yeah, but Thor two was fantastic. Yeah, well, that's not yeah, the point. What? That what was a great fucking about, movie. What we're talking about is teasing too much too exactly. soon. Exactly. 
Like you, like they probably haven't even finished the script for over half those movies. I would guarantee it. So to tease them all out with how much production changes are likely to happen, it doesn't matter. They're gonna they're gonna throw 150 million dollars at them. Each of those productions, Uh, and what doesn't work? What doesn't work? Guess what they'll do? They'll do reshoots, reshoots, because they brought in Josh Wheaton from the freaking Bleachers, hired him from Marvel, and whatever doesn't work, they'll fix. Forever the superhero loyalists. Yeah. No, no, to play devil's advocate advocate though like did you think these movies weren't coming you know what i mean exactly they're gonna make every fucking superhero scenario happen because people uh people will buy it yeah yeah that's because we all have a love fest with oh yeah i can already tell your tickets already punched Oh, he's already... He's, That's right. I can't get enough of him. He's pulling it out from Warner yeah. Brothers yeah, right now. Yeah, you and everybody else. Like, 110%. Can you They're all going to... They did Civil War. We're going to have every superhero fighting the other superheroes. Can't wait. And they're all going to die. Until they all kill each other. Exactly. <laughs> they're going to die, and then we're going to move on from there. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna pile the bodies up. They'll put new people in the suits, and we'll all chuck our money at the screen. They should have swipe cards at our houses. Well, it doesn't and matter. every time a commercial comes out, we'll swipe for it and get our advance tickets for it. Let's we'll just on. say that, you know, I guess we're on opposite sides of the pond on this one. Me and Mason think they dropped too much. You think they dropped the right amount? You're ready. You're chomping at the bit for more. Info. 110%. So, Can I have more? Give me more of that and listen. Oh, oh, no more ice cream for me. So we'll just let that rest for now. <laughs> what else did Warner Brothers drop at Comic Con? Was that it? That was pretty much it. Do you think they needed to drop more than that? You just said they released yeah, too much. I was just making Both sure. of you were like, well, maybe that's just well, too much I was, at one time. I was checking if there was any more. I wasn't Oliver twisting this. Yeah, let's just. Can I have <laughs> some more, sir? <laughs> no, and then the next thing what we'll do is we'll go back over to we'll go to Universal Studios, who basically another another group that skipped Comic Con. Okay, well if you saw the the movie The Mummy, now you know why they're kind of. No, what the fuck did they even put out? Why are they Comic Con? The Mummy. The, the Mummy is the only thing they put out with Tom Cruise, which is doing okay uh, worldwide, but domestically not well. It'll yeah, make it, it'll make it uh, still hit four hundred million. This is that new cost one hundred and fifty. This is that new trend. I feel like I some of these movies. Though. Some of these movies are not even trying to hit audiences in America. They like don't have to. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like with the with the Great Wall, what they did. Exactly. I was just thinking about that. Matt that, Damon. That did 40 million domestic, I think, or something ah. like that, and 350 million in China. More. Hey, Matt Damon gave away Manchester on a Bay and an Oscar to Al. To, to what was his name? What's his name? Uh, um, Shoot lizards with a bow and arrow. Yeah. But he gave it to uh, Ben Affleck's brother, Casey. He goes, here, here, go get an Oscar. I'm going to make this movie on this freaking wall. And I'm going to make $100 million. And you know what? He was happy doing it. Plus happy. his stock was high from The Martian. So it was Martian time to was cash out that sentence. studio that was movie. A great don't movie. even... Yeah, that, that movie's amazing. So again, Universal Studios is another one that skipped Comic-Con this year. Nevertheless, they're still talking about Pacific Rim 2. I know you Ooh. both, you guys both, you like Pacific Rim 1. You were a fanboy. I'd rather watch Power Rangers from like Voltron. Get those robots <laughs> oh out of my Oh my god, face. you were too. That's supposed to be coming. Peter I think, Jackson. No, I think Mason has a point. He's not. He was not a fan of Pacific Rim. But I was. I'm a Guillermo del Toro diehard fan. So. How can you not be? The Strain, Hellboy. He's had like, some polarizing movies that, like yeah, Crimson Peak. Like there were some polarizing movies in there. You, you'd kick his resume out of bed. No, get out of here! I don't want you. You're, you're only a Sith deals in absolutes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I can like some and not like others, and I think while I'm a diehard fan of his, I like anything he puts out. Wow, I, I just I, something I'm a huge was fan. to be said for um, me not totally loving some of his stuff. 
Well, all I know is Peter Jackson's trying to get back on board with a movie called Mortal Engines. We still don't know what it's about. That's all they put out was Mortal Engines. Mortal Engines. Peter yeah. Jackson. Peter Jackson. Well, if it's Lord Peter the Jackson, Rings. it's going to be a big production. Sure, let's go for a stroll through about four different countrysides. <laughs> Hopefully it's better than The Fucking Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> or The Last Lord of the Rings. Oh, no, better than The Last no, Lord of the Rings. I was going to say, all the, all the Lord of the Rings. They were classics. They were. The, you know, but but they wanted a well. It's kind of yeah. It's it's kind of like the Godfather. You you whoa love wait, whoa. wait wait. You didn't let me finish my point. You love the movie, but you don't find yourself watching it all that much. I did. Well, I dated myself. I watched the Godfather. I just hate the fucking Hobbit because the production was in scrambles and they end up piecing together this shit CGI. It exactly. looks like a video game from two thousand. What, what was his name? Legolas jumping from barrel to barrel in that river. So it does. Goatheads, get the awful. fuck out of my it face! And he's jumping. He's jumping on rocks suspended in air. Look, I know it's the Hobbit, but come on, man. So it you know does look I mean? like Universal had a bit of a mixed bag. Mixed bag of no of shows. stuff in the production. In production, that they they probably shouldn't have come to Comic Con yet because they probably well, would have been laughed out with all the heavy hitters in the room. Well, again, the Mummy didn't do well. They're trying to boot to reboot the Dark Universe. You guys both know what that is. They saw Marvel come up with their universe, so Universal's coming up with their own Dark Universe, highlighting the Mummy, the Werewolf, Dracula, uh, a Creature from the Black Lagoon, Frankenstein, and they're going to try to stream all these characters together, just like Marvel has done in their own movies and then turn around and come back with one huge movie with all of them in it mm. which sounds no. great yeah i'm looking forward to that more than what the dc universe has in store to be honest because the last suicide squad i walked out of that and i was like that movie has been found wanting great trailer plot, great trailer <laughs> yeah. you gave him the night's tale treatment yeah dude that movie was found him wanting you have I been weighed you have been measured and found wanting. That's a great one. I, just, I didn't like it that much, man. The plot was so weak. I yeah, I definitely People don't think loved it. I definitely ah. don't think you're by your, your, yourself. In the it movie. was just not something I'm going to watch again. I'm sorry. I'll exactly. Be See, you guys, I, since I love you listeners, I did it for you. I went back and I rewatched Suicide Squad Extended Cut. And it's I got to tell you, there's good stuff there. It's just not working for me. It's just not. I just didn't. Hopefully they'll they'll get the kinks worked out for Suicide Squad too, you know. They've talked about Mel Gibson possibly directing it, but he's bounced it, and it's gone on to somebody else. Yeah, Mel Gibson's out of director's jail in Hollywood jail for Damn. everything Mel Gibson has done. Tur- I thought I thought he was going to call another cop sugar tits. Did yeah, he do that? <laughs> all I know is if you can if you can get uh, direct another Hacksaw Ridge and get an Oscar nod. Because he's so talented. You, exactly. He and make a half a billion dollars for any studio in town. I guess you can call anybody what you, what you want to call him. So he's out of director's jail. Right. And they've entertained him across the board with everything. What else do we have on the docket? The next thing is Shooter. It's a popular show. Everybody knows Mark Wahlberg's yes. movie, Shooter, came out as a TV show. Great action movie by Mark Wahlberg. And I'd rather watch the movie over and over again. Yeah, they're kind of doing the- yeah. It's killing it, though. The TV show has gotten great ratings. Ryan Phillippe has actually filled in for the role of, of Mark Wahlberg. And they were the second season was cut short because while filming, he broke his leg. So, yeah. <sighs> Doing his own stunts. You just hate to hear about this. So, like, all these stunt tra- accidents that Don't are happening. Don't do your own stunts. Well, he broke it severely, and they're talking about may require surgical attention. And to make a full recovery, they're going to put him down and let him relax. Cut the season short. <laughs> it is called Shooter. So they, yeah. they're going to let him rest. Cut the season by down to eight episodes, and they're going to try and come back early next year. I feel year. like all these action stars have this Jackie Chan psychosis. 
where they're just like, I could do. Did you see those outtakes though? Where Jackie Chan would break his ankles? Yeah. Oh my god. He ran into shit all the time. They just don't show it. They did. They the outtakes at the The end of the movie. Saying it wasn't in the movie. You didn't see it unless you. He's diving through plate glass windows. Jackie Chan is a man. Speaking of Jackie Chan, his new movie coming out. He's got a new movie. The Foreigner. The Foreigner. Dude, look that shit up. Oh my god. Really? Jackie Chan back on the scene? Jackie Chan meets Jason Bourne. Get out of here. I will say it's a little it looks it's a so little, fucking good. It's a little worrisome because I did see the outtakes for Rush Hour 3 and those falls started to get a little bit Dude, more brutal. You got to stop because I will watch <laughs> Jackie Chan run around obstacles until he is 80, all right? If Clint Eastwood can pull off Gran Torino, Jackie Chan can pull off the fucking Whoa, form. wait a minute. First of all, Clint Eastwood can act and direct. Oh, you kids, get off oh, my Rams, fucking you, lawn. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Don't ever, don't ever. Come on. Did you see Sully? Did you see Sully? Great movie. Gran Torino, great movie. Come on. Wait, Sully? Yeah, he yeah, directed that with Tom, with Tom Hanks. Yeah, I know. I was saying that was Tom Hanks' performance. Yeah, but he was directed by... It was by, immaculate. He was directed by... Yeah, I know. Clint yeah, but oh, uh, no, 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 let him eat a little crow. What was that name again? I'm not eating shit. No, Look, yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> Tom Hanks gets credit for that because he was able to yeah. act the most boring character to a life. A Muppet could be directing Tom Hanks and it would still be a decent movie. All right, it's hard to argue with that. All right. Let me meet up with Tom Hanks. We are talking about the great and one and only. This man Tom is a Hanks. national treasure, goddammit. He is. And if you listen to him on various podcasts, he's legit. 110%. So, uh, that's sad what happened to Ryan Phillippe on Shooter to bring it on back. Oh, out of that rabbit hole, sorry. But guys. what else do you... Next, we're going to go right us. back to the Terminator franchise. That freaking thing will not die. Oh, it doesn't have Arnold in it. I don't want to watch dun, dun, it. Dun, well, dun, here's dun, the scary dun. part. Dun, James dun, Cameron dun, never dun, sold the rights. He leased them out. How brilliant That's why it's worth a billion dollars. You bet your ass. Because what he did is he leased the rights out after he made his Terminator 1 and 2. He leased the rights out to another studio. And then they come back to him in 2018 and he's already talking about a reboot. Fuck, man. I just Dude. picture James Cameron in his mansion. I'm rich, bitch. And he's just diving into like just, a pool of gold coins. I mean, coins. a lot of people sell their rights. Don't you guys get how interesting that is? Half the world, you go up to someone who's written something, I'm going to give you a million dollars. Here it is. James Cameron goes, you know what? You, I'll lease it to you for the next 10 years and then I'll have it back. No, because that's confidence. People sell things because they're uncertain about their financial future in regards to the entertainment industry, you know? So you think it was bold? I think it was smart. It's so, yeah, to be like, to, to create something, to have an idea and you'd be like, fuck you, this is so good. I know you're going to want to come back and keep getting this. Ooh, that's bold. That is no. bold. That's a, that's a it is. All I know alpha is move there. He put it out in Facebook. We have not- Side note. Side note. If, if Arnold Schwarzenegger or CGI Arnold Schwarzenegger is not in that reboot, get it the fuck out of my face. <laughs> that is true. CGI Arnold was so good. It, just the fact that it was Arnold You're talking about Ger- Genesis, yeah. yeah. That shit's not going to come out until 2020. I want CGI Arnold, all right? Yeah, they well, can do it. Let's facial capture him and then just put it on his put it on some ripped actor's bond. Well, evidently, just rock that he shit. wants a more violent more violent type of Terminator movie. More violent? Yeah, we have not reached the terrifying Seifel hellscape described by the Terminator franchise. That's Dude, what hell saying. yeah. I'm down so for that shit. He, he's talking about some type of all-out total war movie. And if that's true, you guys should sign up. I don't care. What I, want, I want Arnold in other gritty films. Did you see him in Sabotage? A great movie. Yes. Great movie. But then did you see his acting in the zombie movie Maggie? Yes. It was good. Combine okay. the two. I, combine the two. You fucking genius. That Another is guy who's out of actor's jail. 
<laughs> yeah, that is true. Okay, true. so you're banging the maid for 20 years. Fucking get over it! But, get know, over it! He killed it in every other aspect he of has. life. He, he, he's, he, he's back, and he can do whatever he wants to do. So, And then we'll go on to GOT. Games of Thrones is oh, back. Oh, fuck yeah. All right, I don't condone fucking the maid. Now we can go to Game of Thrones. <laughs> Glad you said that. <laughs> so for this season... Okay. By the way, have we all been caught up on Game of Thrones? Mason? The resident uh, sleeper cell Mason <laughs> life. That's it. a no. But well, I will oh. say, I freaking uh, yeah. lo- oh. No spoilers. We're not going to do spoilers yeah. on the show. We're not going to do spoilers. No, spoilers. no we're not going to give will. anything away. But I'll tell you what. I hope first... to do a spoiler review when we've seen the whole season. Unbelievable. The first three episodes of Games of Thrones have delivered every single week. And you guys are laughing at me because I screwed the title again. Yeah. Game of Thrones. Of GOT, damn it. GOT has delivered every is, single week. It is a true cinematic feat. <laughs> has delivered every week. And the scary part is they're only doing, I believe, eight episodes, seven or eight this time. And, eight, I believe. Right? Uh, and next season's even less. Never have I seen a show that I feel like it's a movie every episode. Well... Well, you know why? Because they fo- fort, oof, they forked out ten million dollars an episode. Holy shit! Eight, eight, eight episodes. Eight episodes. Eight so episodes. It'll be eighty million dollars. Yep. So That's this means, insane, yeah, it's insane. So their thing is, and this is what they put out in the news release. Okay, if we're paying this much for a franchise per year, we're not making a return. Because you think about it, if you play out a hundred to one hundred fifty million dollars. Right now, those movies are getting back six and seven hundred million, and this has the worldwide base to do it. So it doesn't make sense for you to continue to make something for a hundred million dollars or eighty to one hundred million dollars a year, and then get like no return back except for subscribership. They are going to turn around, bust out a hundred and fifty, hundred eighty million dollar Games of Thrones movie, and expect four or five hundred million in return. I know, especially when it's hosted on something like HBO, right? Where it's just, How are they ever going to make their money back? They don't get money for advertising. They, nope. they, the only money they make is the money they're given by Dude, HBO. Dude, Daenerys better start drinking Pepsi if they're going to pay these bills. You know what I'm saying? Some product placement. Well, <laughs> product placement. <laughs> Jon Snow rides a Mitsubishi into battle. <laughs> That's the move, man. This sword by Gillette. I love those. I love those period pieces because I try so hard to look for like editor fuck ups. I just want to see like. Some person's watch, <laughs> that or, or like a, a fucking plane, boom arm, a yeah. boom arm, or, or like, like you said, a Tundra, a Toyota Tundra, like in the background. Well, so that's what's going on with Games of Thrones. That's that's the reason uh, they've said that they're done pretty much with these two seasons. They'd rather bank a couple hundred million into it and try and get a return of four or five times that. Now we'll go on to what's going on in IMAX in 3D. This has been a personal problem for me and I've complained about because when I was a kid, yeah, I'm going to go there. Back in 42 when we walked by two miles in the snow. (laughs) Back and forth in the snow two miles every day to go to a movie theater was 99 cents to $2. Now the average ticket. Uphill both ways. I couldn't get it up. Uphill both ways in the snow. It was $2, a dollar to $2 to go to movies. Right now, currently, what are we paying for an IMAX 3D? Fifteen, sixteen dollars, sometimes twenty. Sometimes Fuck twenty. You. I would never yeah. go. I to think that. IMAX 3D is twenty dollars a person. Exactly. So right IMAX now, is say that I hate 3D movies. Yeah, it makes a lot of people sick. That's true. It makes me nauseous, and I don't like the viewing experience. It distracts me from the plot and character development because I got this shit in my face. I go to IMAX 3D for the sound, man. 
the sound in IMAX is what makes it worth it. Like it's clearly not worth it, it's but not. it's nice in my opinion. I, I, I don't know. to tell you the truth, I, I go to see certain movies at the movies anymore, but I won't go see everything because of the cost. Oh, twenty dollars a ticket, and then if you get a popcorn, so you're in for fifty dollars, sixty dollars a night. And I'm telling you right now, on streaming services, you're talking about six or eight months. You can get out of that money. So what's happening right now is IMAX 3D and, and, and have seen a sharp decline in sales. So bad. So much they've cut back on how many movies are going to be put out in it. So evidently the viewership's down, so they're starting to feel it. I agree, man. For like, sure. Look, if I'm balling on a budget as a college student and a girl asks me to take her to the movies, I'm kind of thinking to myself, I have to add up the numbers now yeah. and check my balance and be like, whoops. Don't Dude, I saw The Force Awakens in IMAX 3D in a dome theater, and that shit was overwhelming. I left that movie stressed as fuck. <laughs> no, that's happened. a dome. Why, why would you go see that movie the in a dome? The dome ones are insane. Because I thought it was going to be an experience. Yeah. You got to understand. <laughs> I was like... He's PTSD. Stress disorder. I was thinking the fuck the Millennium Falcon was like right in my fucking face. Oh, I could God, like touch funny. Harrison Ford. I was yeah. freaking out. Really? You having a moment there? But anyway, I did. Okay. I think that for sure they need to lower the prices on the IMAX 3D because there's no way I would go on my budget to go see an IMAX 3D movie, wow. especially when it's going to get released to Netflix in a year or two anyway. Well, you know that's, what I mean? that's what's happening now. So they, they're not going to make as many IMAX 3D because people are lining up in droves to see it on a regular screen. Yeah, why and they're not, not paying it's, it. It's 980 for people on a budget, man. That's the bottom line. And and they're not going to see it in the theaters. They're going to wait for it to come out at home. Not when you have a sixty-inch TV at home. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Why? Why? Well, and, and after that, we're going to go to Iron Fist. Has everybody seen Iron Fist? Grumble, grumble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I heard it wasn't that good. No. So. Well, the big news. Is... I feel. I feel like Mason is just sitting there telling me stories of this magic box. <laughs> I'm on IMDb. I'm looking like, what is this shit about? What is it about? Well, it's part of the Defender series. It's a Marvel universe. Iron Fist yeah. is, is supposed to it's be about a... a young man who's bestowed with incredible martial arts skills and a mystical force known as the Iron Fist. There you go. There I've seen this. And what I've happened is, what happened is, the show was not really that good. Yeah, it definitely got lukewarm. Uh, um, receiving uh, praise from fans. Yeah. Can we have one more boardroom scene, please? Yeah. And a guy who doesn't. But really it did know. show glimmers of like, glimmers of good things. Yeah. Like it wasn't a show without its merits, but definitely, I think that they. What I liked about Defenders, we talked about in our last episode, they seem to be taking the good things from Iron Fist and leaving all the boring shit to the side. Yeah, because what's going to happen in Defenders, it's going to be everybody's watching the main three people, Jessica Jones, Charlie Cox, the Daredevil, and Luke Cage, and they're going to go with the other guy standing over going, oh yeah, he's Iron Fist. And that's pretty much <laughs> what they're doing. Are you saying that Iron Fist is the Hawkeye? Oh, sure. The you Defenders? mean the guy that's going to die off camera in the next Civil War? <laughs> what happened to Hawkeye? Well, he died off camera. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that works, I guess. <laughs> You're not really gonna work. I like Jeremy but it's fine. <laughs> I think it's, it has a lot to do with the name of the show too, because every time someone says Iron Fist, I'm like, ah, fuck that show. Yeah. I don't even know what it's about, and it's like Iron Fist. Yeah, but wow. Okay. Anyway, we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> it's. All I also, know is it's. Just... Also, I started to watch Jessica Jones, and I had no idea Luke Cage was uh, doing it to her. Yeah, oh, yeah. A character in the show. A character in the show. In the yeah. first episode, they get down to business. Well, but 
um, that Mason was watching Jessica Jones because we're prepping for our Defenders, Defenders. preview episode where we're going to go through all of the Defender all, shows. All, all four of them. And then we're talking about Defenders just going to drop August 18th. Yes. I'm actually going to watch it too. I'm watching which, it. which one? Defenders? He's watching all the Defenders I'm watching series. all the Defender series. Well, you got to um, get them done. August 18th. Jones. August 18th. And with Seems that, are all, are all of our news topics covered? Well, the last one we're going to finish off with Iron Fist is. So you know what they did? They fired their showrunner. In case you didn't know what oh, a showrunner is. Well, they don't fire people anymore. They've sent them off to do something different. Wink, wink. And they brought in a new showrunner, which the showrunner is the person in charge of the direction of the show and its creativeness. Which means last season sucked. <laughs> so we brought in a new showrunner. There's show a new runner. creative director, exactly. basically. Not basically 110% right. So after that, that kind of rounds out the news for this segment. As always, before we get into our main segment, guys, I just want to shout out the social media that Can't Sleep, Won't Sleep is on. You can interact with us on Twitter at CSWSPodcast and on email at uh, CSWSPodcast at gmail.com. Hit those up with fan questions, suggestions of movies we should do, and um, we'll reply to those on there. But without further ado, let's get to the main segment of the episode, boys. <laughs> Are we bananas for apes? Yeah! Are we bananas for apes? I'm loving it, get enough of it. I really like what we're going to be doing <laughs> for these new kind of trilogy-esque movies. What we're deciding to do is go through the trilogy and then review the new movie that's out, which I really like what we're doing. But I think, yeah, we're doing the new apes trilogy today yep we're gonna start off with the rise of the planet of the apes what we're gonna do is actually we're gonna uh go down through the from from the origin and as everybody knows it started off in the 60s with the original three or four planet of the apes charles heston right charles heston's movies and we're gonna go up from there get off me you damn dirty ape but in those movies that's a pretty good heston (laughs) that was good i was shocked i was like holy shit heston is that you Soiling green is people. Is, is, is he alive? <laughs> we'll do that. But you got to remember with the rise of the planet of the apes, it came out in 2011. Uh, it was directed by Rupert Wyatt. I love this movie. It was a great movie. Of course, it had James Franco in it. Uh, everybody loves James Franco. He's just about in everything and everything across the face of the planet. John Lithgow and of course the great Andy Circus. Am I saying that right? Andy Circus. 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 I always thought it was circus. I think it's circus. <laughs> circus. Regardless, Rise of the Planets was, I think, it's a real resurgence of the series. It was great. In my opinion, I have granted I haven't seen the latest one that like just came out, but the best one. And plus, what, it made the big move of the Ape series, taking away the practical effects and makeup oh and yeah throwing in the cgi apes because you got to academy award-winning cgi my dad yes because you got to remember with the planet apes from 1968 with what cameron said charlton heston's movie ronnie mcdowell that was the actor who actually played cornelius and see here back then is they took four and a half to six hours sitting in that chair every day and andy circus just Get had to put on a blue suit with some dots and strutted out and cgi made it possible shout out to the production company for reviving the series in a real firecracker of a movie, Rise of the Planet of the Apes was everything you would want from an Origins movie of a new trilogy. It sets up storylines. It sets up the conflict for the trilogy. 
And it shows you characters and emotional depth of both sides. Not only that, they laid out the whole framework for every movie to follow perfectly because it talked about the virus that they needed to change apes into conscious thinkers and then the same virus you remember that poor pilot got sneezed on and he had the virus all over him and he gets on a plane at the end of the movie and flies all over the world infecting everybody it had to be it had which i really like what they did with the writing in this movie it had to be a tragic tale because they had to deal with it with care because we're humans right yes so it had to be it couldn't have just been like Oh, the apes got wise and then just overthrew us because that wouldn't make sense. It really was tragic. I know I felt it so much when Caesar bit that person. Yeah. You know what I mean? You They're remember that? And you knew shit. Oh, shit. It that did. got to me, man. I was like, fuck. And he was just stepping in front of the guy playing John Lithgow, playing Franco's father. Protect him if it was his grand. It was just his grandfather. Him. And he's it's, him. They, it's a great movie. They used the fact that we know the Planet of the Apes is coming so brilliantly. Yes. Because it constantly left us waiting for the other shoe to drop in the first movie. Because you're like, oh fuck, so many people are gonna die. How are they uh, gonna do it's this? It's such a great job. Because and, you have billions of people. So how do you have the small populations of apes take over? And of course, they did it with the pandemic, baby. Yep. That is so genius. It was genius, and it it all starts with the writing. You know that that was originally written by Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver, and they did such a good job. As I always think, all great movies start with the script, and then mm, they cast it perfectly. I, I just can't tell you. I mean, think about it. James Franco. Is there somebody else you can imagine in that role? No, not really. Now that you think of it, no. Andy Dude, Circus. Uh, Mason, do you remember seeing this in theaters? How like astounded we were and everything. Oh yeah, man. The way it looked. Did you remember how powerful that scene was when Caesar first spoke? Yes. And scream no. Yeah. It was that incredible. Was bad ass. And plus, I got chills. We forget that, like, the, how tragic the fact was. Because this wasn't just a virus created in a lab to be a killer virus. No. He was doing it to save his, his father, father with Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. Absolutely. Talk about a fucking emotionally and they gave, wrenching and, story. Yeah, and they give the glimmer of hope that he's cured, and then he reverts back. And the only, that's what I'm talking about. only the, thing that changed was the apes. The other shoe dropping. 100%. Man. Like, that's what I was like, oh, fuck, it's a pandemic. Like, that just shocked me so much. This movie, I think, had all the best pacing. It had the best pacing of an Apes movie to date. Like, to date. I'm sure. Yeah. I, no, the, no, the, was... the second one was slow. Oh, and, and I, I hope the latest I, I, one was well, even slower. Well, well, the second one was okay. Well, but, but you know why this really, this movie really set up everything from here on out? Why? Its budget was $93 million. Okay. With those special effects, with all those special effects, higher. the writing, the stars I just told you about, and the acting, guess what it that made? That is a studio marvel. Yes, Whoever was the executive on that movie deserves a raise. To keep it at that budget was fantastic. With that cast and that special effects is insane. And it turned out to make four hundred and eighty-one million dollars. Deservedly, um, I definitely think like it, it. Plus, it paid such homage to like the original Heston ah, movies with the greatly. damn dirty ape line. Yep. And just the way the humans reacted to everything. Great struggle. Yes. Like, that's what I... And plus, in the Heston movies, the apes were oppressors, and they were really ugly and brutal. And in this movie, they showed a human side to the apes. Oh, 100%. That it was more of an understanding that we got for the apes. Well, and I mean, we, they, they did that in both, though. you got to remember, I mean, Franco played the played the, the good side of the humans and his girlfriend at the time. Yeah. She did such a great job. And there was passion both ways, but... The movie was perfect. If there's there's not many movies out that are that well written and that well carried out and that well acted. And, and to be honest with you, if you're gonna see a movie you, you, and you want to see one of the planet movies, the quintessential apes you movie, you gotta I think see this for one. Sure. 
this is definitely the one. If I was going to recommend it to a friend who knew nothing of the series, I would say go see Rise of the Planet of the Apes. 100%. By far. And then, then we're going to go to the next second installment, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. came out in 2014. Uh, it was directed by Matt Reeves. Uh, and then it had a different set of stars. But the number one star that got his finally his rating after all the critical acclaim of the first one was Andy Serkis. He got top billing in this movie, to rightly so, because he was right. the star. And if you remember the beginning of this movie, anybody who has seen it, the first 20 minutes of this movie was everybody was basically doing sign language. And, and, and they were doing uh, – Caesar was doing his – you know his sign language he was doing a few words here and there and a lot of uh connection between the apes and their eyes and everything uh and then it had jason clark he was from uh, uh terminator genesis and of course gary altman from the dc world playing commissioner gordon and then carrie russell from the americans but i, I love this movie too dawn of the planet of the apes is it's it took everything from rise of planet of the apes and incorporated it well I think that it's definitely a great sequel. One of the sequels that I saw that I, most of the time you go into sequels and you come out disappointed because the expectations were so high. This movie, I felt like it was a good continuation of the series. Well, the reason why is guess who wrote it again? Same thing with Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver. They came I back. I enjoyed this one a lot too. And, and, and I, they I, wrote I it. were fantastic. Yeah, yeah the, the first movie definitely had a more dramatic tone to it because they were setting things up and there were a lot of plot devices that had to be in motion, but I feel like this movie definitely had a more action movie feel to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially with the, with the real clash between the humans and the apes was felt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even in a movie like this, there was still some human to ape camaraderie going on and that was a cool storyline to see. The, probably one of the coolest parts was just waiting for that gorilla to fuck a person up. Yeah. You guys remember that? Yeah. From this movie? Yes. I wanted that gorilla to just tear a person in half so badly. And what I think was really good about this movie is that it took a – like what I think a lot of movies are doing now, which like Deadpool and like uh, Captain America Civil War, is they take very simple plot devices like betrayal and simple plot lines – and they add character and emotional depth to them, and it makes again them the writing. It's because the writing, the writing and having great actors. It's basically a betrayal tale. It is. It's it's kind of similar to like a Shakespearean esque, like two houses that should get together and be coexisting. One hundred percent. Then a betrayal happens between one of the houses, and then there's a retaliation. What was Caesar's second in apart. command? Yeah, you know, Cobra. Scar. Yeah, with the scar on his face, he was the guy in the one and the one eye, and Koba tried to take over being king. And it's such a simple plot device, yet it makes the movie so good because you don't need to have this web of a plot like movies like Watchmen to make an amazing movie. It can just be a simple plot with such a great dialogue and character depth. I saw sign language, and I felt more emotion than most dialogue-driven movies. Yeah, uh, are you listening, Death Squad? Anyway, keep going. Keep going. Suicide Squad. Suicide movies? Squad. I yeah. Are you listening, Suicide Squad? Are yeah. You listening? I thought you were calling another podcast network. No, I'm I was sorry. Like, oh, are, are you listening, Suicide Squad? That's why I apologize. But yeah, that's. The, I think you're right. Call out the Suicide Squad. They need to start incorporating. It's got to be about that, the writing, man. It has to start at the writing. You know, I was just about to say something, but I, I definitely think you're right. It definitely starts with the writing, but. Once you once the writing is in place, do you ever notice that all of these like blockbuster movies? They really never introduce actors. All of these actors are already established. Do you no, know that's what I mean? true. They, they already have, want to be part of it. They already have three or four yeah. strong no. performances under their belt before they get a role like this. No, it's true. That's definitely because once true. the once the writing is there, 
you got to act it, man. You got to you got to put that into play on screen. And that's another thing that makes the, everything so believable and just so immersive. That's yeah. what I liked about this one. And the so CGI much. in this one was flawless. They won an award flawless for it. Even better. Like that's what I'm, And if you go look at stills from Rise of the Planet of the Apes to Dawn of the Planet of the Apes to War of the Planet of the Apes, War for the Planet of the Apes, it gets better every movie. And it did. And CGI finally got its Academy Award for this movie where they should have won it yeah. earlier. Because Rise of the Planet of the Apes, they're definitely... Like, if you rewatch it, there's some, like, heaviness issues of the characters. The apes don't really feel that heavy. Then in Dawn of the Apes, they fixed the physics of them a little bit for me. Uh, I think so. And then for War, it was just realistic. It could have been a zoo. Like, literally, it could have been a zoo. Like, that's how crazy it was for War for the Planet. And I just, I still think, I agree with you. Uh, The first movie, uh, A Rise to the Planet Apes, is still my favorite. But then Dawn could easily be someone's favorite, though. I could see someone watching it and being like, okay... It's still a very, very good movie. Plus, yeah, if you prefer raw action to exactly development and conversations bending the story, then yeah, absolutely. You know, Mason's never watch monkeys run around with machine guns on horseback. You know what I mean? Mason's right. This was where one was a thriller kind of movie, where it was like it was more of a drama suspense. Yeah. This movie was a straight up action movie. There was gun bullets flying. Shit was going down. And they made enough money off the first one to really pop open the, the piggy bank and lay it out oh. for this one. They spent $235 million on the production God of damn. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. And you know what it grossed worldwide? It paid off. Hit me with it. $710 million. Wow. That Hell seems yeah. high. Seven ten. Yeah. So between just between the first two pictures, you're talking about... $1.1 billion. Yeah, and they don't need superheroes to carry their movies. They're no, like, no, 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 no. Keep yeah. your superheroes. I raise you monkeys. I raise you monkey well, armies. It goes back to prove one thing. It doesn't matter who's in the Batman suit. Batman is the star. You just yeah. put somebody in the suit, and it's going to make a billion dollars. Because it's Batman. Exactly. Because you know me. Diehard Batman got a Bane fat in my room. Well, that's why I pointed it out again. Some nerd. And they're all going to go that way, folks. It's not about Chris Evan being Captain America. It's not about that's Tony why Stark is, is... Well, uh, I agree with that to a point. It's going to no, go that way. The initial movie will sell. Yeah, sure enough, in the box office... The you know what? They're going to kill him off. Sure they're going to kill him off, and somebody's going to have to step sure into the Sure enough, role. in the box office, but I think Mason's right. The cream does rise to the top. Though, though some movies don't make a billion dollars that should, you know what I mean? Like... I'm telling you, if the right okay, no, no, no. Let's just solid. take take Robert Downey Jr. out of the role of Iron Man for a second. The you first, I, no, no, exactly. No, no. That's what he's exactly, saying. Exactly. No, no, I agree with you. But the but, first Iron Man movie will sell, but Iron Man Two will not. You'll definitely see. No, you sold Robert Downey Jr. though. Well, John Bravo sold Robert Downey Robert Downey Jr. to but the studio. But we digress. Let's get back to Apes, yeah, okay. boys. We went down a rabbit hole. I'm telling you. Guys, anytime we bring up superheroes, it's, it's going to be a lengthy slog yes, of a debate. All I know is, again, I agree with you. It's not about who was in the who who the apes are or, or who was playing the apes. That's it's about really, the apes. That's what I was trying to say. Like they didn't need big names. They didn't need yes. big name characters. They had apes. You know what I mean? Like less expressive than humans, but at the same time, they were more expressive. And I think wow. this was amazing. They took it. What do you mean of, by that? What do you mean by that? Well, you know, less expressive. No, but I'm but saying more chimps are known to be less expressive than humans, but in this movie, they are more expressive. How so? With the facial recognition, and everything. You know what I mean? And the oh, way okay. they convey yeah. emotion. Like, yeah, literally more expressive. I thought. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And plus, the I love the characters of Caesar and Koba and the power struggle and everything. Yeah. I thought that was great. Wow. 
And well, now we'll fade in to the last installment the of the review trilogy. of the new Planet of the Apes movie, War, War for the Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes once again uh, put out this year, uh, dropped, and the headlining star is Andy Serkis, rightly so. He's getting his due. He's paid his dues, Lord of the Rings, and now. And I think he checks Apes. in another great performance. There is no movie without him. You cannot knock his performance you know in what? this movie. Where is Woody Harrelson? <laughs> Where yeah, let's let's address the elephant in the room. Where Where is is Woody Harrelson? Come on, man. He he was not existent in this picture. There is it is a little blasphemous to put Woody Harrelson in a hundred percent of your ads and have him in thirty minutes of the movie. And that's out of a two hour and twenty minute movie. Yeah. Which was fully two hours and twenty minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Let's let's start with the negative and then move into the positive. Okay. So this movie was two hours and like twenty eight minutes, I think. Oh my god. And it felt that. Every freaking minute of that movie. I watched him walk. I watched him crawl. I watched him take a dump. I watched him ride a horse. I watched him walk again. I watched him ride climb a tree. I didn't need to see all that. Let's be honest. This was um. There were parts in this movie that were a little sloggy, and I think that you know it's cut out the traveling time. It had good bones. You know what that reminded me of? I know you guys already finished talking about this, but I got to touch on it. <laughs> Woody Harrelson not appearing. That just pissed me off. I'm sorry. I was sitting here. It does. After you saw Earth. the trailers. Do you guys remember After Earth? I, I'm not oh, getting yeah. in the middle of your This is review. another example of this. Uh, yes, it is. I this wanted is an actual a fucking Will Smith movie, goddammit. I'm no, still pissed true. about that. I love that movie, but you're right. And Mason brings up, that's a parallel situation. Hey, absolutely. You said it was Will Smith and Jada Smith. They should have just put face. They should have just said Jaden Smith. Yeah, that's what they it should have said. They should have just said Andy Serkis. They should have put Caesar's face everywhere, not Woody Harrelson. Not Woody Harrelson. Because that was a little bit of a miscell. This is Miscell? Plus, plus Holy crap. It's a fucking lie, dude. Plus, you lie. Here's my thing. I think it's a misrep. The title is a misrepresentation of what this movie is. And I think that's the reason why a lot of people were disappointed. I, it was. It wasn't really. Because it, it is. They gave you a little bit of a war in the first two minutes of the movie, and I was jazzed. We were sitting there, and we were jazzed. But this was not a war for the Planet of the Apes. This was more like an Apes Liberation movie. Yeah. It had much more... Stalag 17. Yeah, it had much more of like a Nelson Mandela vibe. Uh, you know what? No, it didn't. <laughs> yeah, it did. Of like breaking the chains of an oppressor. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it wasn't even that. It's oh, just... so you mean like a war? No. No, no but it just no, didn't. The, it there's just... little fighting in this movie. That's Little fighting. It, had, it started off with some great oh, sequences yeah. in the beginning. That's what I literally mean. It was a great sequence in the beginning of an open and war scene. And then I was like jazz, sitting on the edge of my seat going, man, if this is two hours and 20 minutes of this, I am freaking in. Yeah, campaigns back between... Well, let's lay out... That movie would cost half a billion dollars. The plot of the movie is, without spoiling too much, Caesar and his apes are cornered by the U.S. military that was called in to exterminate them. Yes. The colonel is leading the force. His name is Woody Harrelson. He leads the soldiers against the apes. Chaos ensues. And we'll just leave it at that. I thought it was going to be battles between the Colonel and Caesar, the whole movie, masterminded nah. from their fortresses. Nah. This was much different. This was about the apes escaping extermination. Yes. That's what this movie is about. And then they get captured, not giving away too much of the plot. Like, I'm going to give it away. Spoilers. They get captured. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. They get, they, they get forced into a labor camp. To pull the wall to protect Woody Harrelson from another group of army soldiers coming in to wipe them out because Woody Harrelson's just exterminating every human with a new form of, of a virus. Virus. So the virus that 
um, made humans die in, now in the first movie. The virus has mutated. Is now literally devolving humans. Yes. Who were survivors, who had the survivor gene. They are now devolving through a new strain of the virus, essentially. And the apes are turning. What do you mean by devolving? What do you mean by devolving? In other words, losing the, speech exactly. and higher intelligence. Higher intelligence. The apes turn oh, wow. turn totally human, and the humans turn totally apes. primal instinct. Primal. All the way back. So you have these people, and Woody Harrelson is for killing and purifying the humans. Everybody. And the U.S. military you show is not any for that. He puts a bullet in your head. So the more the biggest conflict was between the U.S. military and the colonel's faction of soldiers. Exactly. And Caesar gets caught in the crossfire, basically. The apes in this movie are basically caught in the crossfire between a human contact. It literally the end conflict, of, absolutely. It literally the end of all human and structure the end civilization. Scene is actually a really great scene. I would say uh, the war scene at the end had to be twenty minutes, twenty five minutes. Yeah, and I liked it. That's why I said this isn't a bad. No. Two hours leading up to that. This is no, not no. a bad and, movie. And I guess I, I'm sorry if I am selling people. It was just god awful. It wasn't god awful. It was just. I didn't Long. need to see. <laughs> I didn't need to see all the wait. Time. That's what I'm saying. I think it was a branding issue that they branded it as this war. I think if they would have branded it as this Peter Jacksony adventure uh, across walking. the cut, landscape, you could have cut 40 minutes out of this movie. Right. Trim, so. Trimmed it down. It would have shown better. You know, stop putting Woody Harrelson and put Andy Andy Circus at the front of everything. But let's get to the the good. The of good. The movie. Or you had Andy amazing, deserves an two amazing action scenes yeah, that rivaled yes. that of the. I think were better than that of both the first two movies. Yes, the action scenes in this movie were far and away were fantastic. Better. Steven Zahn did a great job with his character. He was the little funny ape who yeah. he played the voice, a new character that they introduced. Uh, he good he, comic relief. In good this comic movie. relief. They brought in a little nugget. Uh, Nova was a little girl found along the way. They threw that all the way back to Charlton Heston's girlfriend. Her name was Nova, yeah. and they brought her out and gave her that name, Nova. Um, and she was kind of like the the plot representation of what the plague, the new virus, does to yes. people. And it made her, again, not an ability to talk, but not totally primal. But it brought hope because she was able to live and cohabitate with, with the, the apes. And and I like that. There there are a lot of good parts to this movie. Now, Woody Harrelson, although he is only in this movie for 30 to 40 minutes, he is amazing in what he I is in this film. don't take away from his ability, yeah. but he is not the Yeah, but I'm saying we're movie. getting into the good parts of it. Granted, he wasn't in the movie enough, and that was a probably a misrepresentation. No, the, he did like one or two speeches. The minutes he speech. was in this movie were tremendous. That's frustrating. I love Woody Harrelson. I do too. Uh, I do too. I was telling... Dude, he was shaving his head. Oh. He was shaving his head. He, he thought you were getting, uh, you know, this tremendous movie. I was telling Dad here before we went into the movie... I am so excited for Woody Harrelson. I'm a huge Woody Harrelson fan. I love Zombie. I ponied up. I ponied up and I paid, folks. IMAX 3D, three seats, brought my two sons, popcorn, soda. It was an $80 day. And I didn't get what I wanted. So that's why I'm a little bit. But I think that this movie definitely does not deserve uh, like below a six. No, I'd give it a six. I'd give On it a scale a, from I'd one to ten. One to ten, I'd give it a six. I'd give it a seven. Oh, you're more of a fan than I am. Yeah. I, I understand that. Because upon further inspection, Woody Harrelson has great a great monologue. He does. Caesar performs amazingly. Andy Circus deserves an Oscar. Andy Circus. He should have gotten an Oscar for some time within these three movies, and he should have gotten it. And the only factor reason he didn't get him because everybody's jealous because he's CGI. He carried this movie on his back. Yes. 
the, all the good parts of this movie. I don't understand why people don't realize that he's still acting. I don't either. You know why? Because they're bitter. They're no, no, bitter. because it's an ape. People need to it watch that. Matter, man. His eyes watch. are so expressive. No, no, no. It's because people don't know where the CGI ends and circus begins. Like that's why so I think the disconnect. Yeah, none of, of it. Movies? None of those actions. None of those well, facial recognitions. I'm just saying he does all of those motions. Yes. If someone ever watches video yes, video footage, if you watch footage of how they film that see those CGI scenes, he is acting. Yes. He is Caesar. Yes. You know what I mean? And 100%. just because they overlay yes. a gorilla's a, a chimp's body on top of that should not diminish his performance. You if you eliminate like 20 to 30 minutes of the journey for me, yes. you have an 8 or a 9. Yeah, you do. You do. Movie here. That, that, so on, by no means I think it's still a good movie and I would recommend for people to watch it if you want to see not in the movies no not in the movies don't go see when it streams movies. on Netflix folks for sure especially get your popcorn because you know what I will watch it at home again I will especially if you're a fan of the series this is a great rounding out of the story yes they finished the arc it's Caesar's the... arc ends in this movie yes. it is tremendous I will say the ending was very pleasing yes it was but you know the juice it's sometimes did not feel worth the squeeze no that's I, I, a perfect analogy do i do what do i say to everybody you know what it topped out it made 233 million dollars not bad but it cost 150 so it just my, came out it's still it's still chugging it's along. still chugging along it'll probably you know it'll probably make its money back movies today have to earn twice what they cost that's what the, that's what the depending on saying. how aggressive the marketing is yes. for sure. Well, that's what they say. So, you're right. I think it will make 300 million dollars. So, you're still, still talking what what is that? 1.5 billion dollars for a three picture. Not a bad trilogy, folks. Dude, Not a bad. There trilogy. are More much that, worse right? trilogies out there, people. Yep. For sure. And it did extremely well. But again, I'm sorry if they had just trimmed a little bit off uh, not build it as uh, we're talking Woody the Harrison. best movie of the series. Had they eliminated some parts? Some parts. Some parts. It's just too long for me. Yeah, too long. But I, I still would say if if you, I, I recommend watching the first two on Netflix or Amazon or wherever it's going to be, and then turn around and you catch this one when it's dropped. For sure. Popcorn soda and watch it up. Yeah, I mean, Mason, how do you feel about the series, the trilogy as a whole? Well, I mean, just based on what you guys have described about the last one, I feel like it's definitely one of the stronger series as a three-movie series, just based on the modern movies that have come out. Yeah. It's definitely one of the strong ones. Like, if you're going to sit down and binge a movie series, this is definitely one you have to sit down and watch, without a doubt. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of modern trilogies, there are low movies in a lot of them. Oh, yeah, totally without a doubt. And and just based on these three movies, the lo- the worst film. And I used worst very lightly. None of these yeah. movies are bad particularly. No. But the worst one out of these three movies is not nearly as bad as some of the movies are in series. Oh, you know what I mean? Yes. yes. Like just That's perfectly put. And, and not only that, but... <laughs> Spider-Man. Spider-Man, The Hobbit. Yes. When those movies are bad, they are bad. You know. Yeah, and, I mean. and you guys know I love the Spider-Man trilogy. Oh yeah, but when I walked out of Spider-Man last 3, Spider-Man, I felt like I got bitch slapped by Sony. Oh my gosh. I'm really sorry. I I mean, jeez, Toby. This McGuire. one does give you the War of the Planet of the Apes gives you the fan service that it you does. deserve at the end. And I'm sorry but, if I maybe maybe pooed on it a little too much. But, but no, we I had to point out. I had to point out because I think we we're not as refined as some of the other critics, but we have more of a wholesome viewing of movies. Yeah, which I really I, I completely understand like the the both of you having that knock that the movie is too long and and too spacey at points. Yes. I hate that in movies. I do too. 
They need when to have, and, and this I is all like about the, pace. Yeah, when you feel like it's they're taking pace. their time Pacing. just to take their time. Yes, and, exactly. And how many times have I said to you guys, listen, not, and it's the director. I love Matt Reeves. There's something to be said. He did such a good job with the second one. It made so much money. They gave him this one, but not everything you shoot is freaking gold. I think that plus when he saw how don't much the CGI, don't, don't. I think plus how much, how he saw how the CGI had progressed in this movie, it looks real. So I can kind of get why he wants to take it out and flop it on the table and show people nothing. His tech. Nothing from this movie looked like. The Hobbit. None of it looked. None of it looked like the Legolas jumping on barrels, or the CGI battle in Hobbit Three where everything looked weightless. It was just a piece of shit, dude. They they paid for the CGI, and it looks fantastic. I felt like when Caesar would pick something up, I felt the weight of the gun in his arms. No, 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 no. Like it was insane. You guys are making me want to give it a higher rating. No, no, no. And I'm sorry about that. But no, but you're right. This movie, it looked fantastic. It sounded fantastic. But like on the whole, watching it, it just felt like 30 minutes too long. I do. I I do. Pace is one of the most important aspects of the film. And that's why we rated Rise of the Planet Apes so highly. It was paced to a fucking T. And it was no wasted minute in that. Yeah, every scene made a difference in the film. And if you looked away, you missed something important. In this movie, I felt like I could get up for a 15-minute pee break, come back, and still be in the game understanding yeah, but again, the story. again, you're talking about Rise of the Planet Apes, 110 minutes. 110 yeah. minutes. That's 30 minutes less. It's That's really, 30, I, 30 I don't minutes less. being that short. Thir- 110 minutes. 30 minutes wow. less than War of the Planet of the Apes. And it just, they really did a great job making a concise film. That, 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 that's up there for one of my favorite films. And, and here's the scary part. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. 30 minutes. 130 minutes. 210. 210. That's exactly what I'm saying. Just cut 20 out of this movie and you have an 8 or a 9 again. Because this movie's 140. They're telling you it's 140. It's all 140. It's all. All 140s. And I'm telling you right now, you cut 30 minutes out of this movie. 30 minutes. Even 25. It's a three-point higher movie for me. Yeah, for sure. We were talking about that walking out. We were like, if if they just edited some parts. I just sat there going, oh. <laughs> I fucking hate that. Oh yeah, I drank a monster before and I was a little bit uh, discombobulated. Oh my god, you're just sitting there. Oh, it was but again, a solid six. Good home you home viewing. But let's not forget. Let's throw it back. There weren't just the Heston movies. There weren't just this new trilogy. There's a little movie yes. nugget in between that. Let us not forget. For you super Planet of the Apes fans, you all remember Marky Mark breaking it down in two thousand and one. Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg now. We can't call Marky Mark You're anymore. Right. That's, one of the, that's, one, that's the first Planet Apes movie I've seen. I didn't see any of the early, early ones in the 1960s no, and I mean, 70s you're still talking movie. about, I mean, the other four, they're classics. I got dragged to see some of them with my dad. He freaking loved those movies. Loved, not casually loved. And a lot of guys did. You know, you're talking about 1968, Planet of the Apes for Charlton Heston. Then they came back to 1970 with Beneath the Planet of the Apes. And then Battle for the, uh, Escape from the Planet of the Apes. And then Battle for the Planet of the Apes. They made up four freaking movies. All of them were classics. All of them were viewed fantastic. And the movie in 2001 with Mark Wahlberg was, it was far from what I would have expected for a reboot of Planet of the Apes. It was definitely a damn dirty apes movie. Where the apes are purely evil, 
they're the villain. They're they're the antagonist. And holy. it's the first one since the other four movies. Yeah, I mean, he had that creepy fuck, that creepy fucking female looking ape that he like loved. Yes, yes. that one was a yes. little awkward. See, that's what I'm saying about this Planet of the Apes. It was a weird. It was a weird. Role. Yeah, that was a weird feel. That was a Helen Bottom Carter's role. Yeah, that's she that was, was a weird. That was a weird one. Uh, and you got to remember, I do remember that there were a whole bunch of uncomfortable scenes during that movie between her and Mark Wahlberg. So maybe guys do we... the whole time I was sitting there, I was just watching the movie like yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> is she gonna fuck this ape? <laughs> yeah. And, and gonna... that was I do remember that. Is this, this, this kind of the apes or is this how AIDS started? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man. What? Oh man. This remember, is not PG thirteen. I, I remember oh. kinda of looking at my friends being like, is she gonna fuck this ape? Yeah, it was uncomfortable a few scenes. But, I won't go that far. Alright, guys, I said originally let's not forget this movie, but would we Leave it forgotten in the sands of time. Or do I would you not. Get, hey, look! If you want to watch a series, it's it's 2011 to the 2017 films. Don't watch this one. Yeah, I would say if you're going to leave a separate, one yeah, but movie understand behind, they weren't doing CGI in this movie. There was no CGI. It's practical in effects. It's practical, practical effects. effects. This was done ten years. It's before, definitely more of a an decade homage. before Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And guess who directed this one? Who? Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Well, now, well, well now we know I Helen Obama Carter's in the they, they, Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's why girlfriend. she almost fucked somebody. Every movie he has her, her almost in it because it's his girlfriend. You know, he brings home the script and she goes, he's reading it and she sees it on the counter and goes, "Hey, you got something what? in that for me?" Yeah. 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 Oh, that's how it classically works. trained Helen Obama Carter. Yeah, but I mean, she's in it. I mean, it's the bottom line. But the scary part is, you had Mark Wahlberg. I Tim, would say Tim Roth. You know. Yeah. I would Michael say Clark Duncan's in there. Michael yes, Clark Duncan, bow your heads. I mean, he was my favorite. I, I like that character so much. My mother-in-law bought me the ape because I used to walk around <laughs> saying Michael Clark Duncan all the time. But uh, I would just say if there's one ape movie to forget, I would watch Heston for history, the new trilogy for the fun, and forget Marky Mark. Dude, fuck that. I'm not going back to watch Heston. I cannot stand the audio mixing in old movies. You you, Mason has the same All you word. freaking millennials say the same it's thing. All bu- Dude, the video. Uh, For Mason, anything pre-1970? Pre-1970? He wouldn't go that far back. Fuck no, dude. If it's not after 1980, it's just because the video's fine. I get a cool vintage feel, but then there's just this yeah. buzzing in the background. Oh my God, I can hear the fucking so change funny. in the cameraman's pocket. It's horrible. <laughs> Everybody forgets Paul Giamatti was in it. And yeah, he was in that and, limbo. And, yep, and then uh, <laughs> and Estelle, and Estelle Warren. I mean, it had it was loaded with stars, guys. I mean, it really, really was put out by 20th Century Fox. Not a bad movie. No, just not groundbreaking. 120 like the... minute running time. Not a bad, not just a bad show time. I watched this when I was little, and as the first Planet Apes movie I've seen, I was like, holy shit! But it's not groundbreaking like the new trilogy. No, no. Budget 100 million dollars. Made three hundred and sixty-two million. Ooh, yeah, ninety it's million. A of that budget Give me that paper, it's a win. It's a win. I call that. I call that a paper grab, though. Now you know why Tim Burton made movies and will continue to make movies. His yeah. movies make money. All right. So, ninety million of that so was makeup. In the end, I'm gonna say we bananas for apes, boys. I would definitely say so. Definitely, definitely worked Ooh, uh, uh. and definitely carried out. And there's no way on earth I wouldn't see this trilogy. Yeah. But don't pay the money, but definitely do see the movie. Yeah, we're, we're running and getting some Chiquita bananas. And, and we'll meet you at your house to watch the movie. I, I would definitely, definitely take the time out to go see it. 
All right, now we're moving into the third segment of the show where we hit on three um, different topics that you guys need to hear about. And uh, unfortunately, we try to do when legends in the film industry have passed away. And this can't go without being said. I know it was a couple weeks ago, but we have to give it up to it's George, well up. George, R., George A. Romero, oh. father of the Night of the Living Dead, born a genre known as the zombie. <laughs> this is a really sad one, dude. Yeah. Um, especially for a horror buff like Mason. I know this is a rough one for him because he was a huge Romero fan. You know, we're talking any big zombie movie. This guy can't talk about a zombie movie without talking about 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 zombies without mentioning Romero. That's right. Independent horror filmmaker. That movie only cost $114,000 to make. He gave birth to the modern understanding of the zombie. That's right. And only cost, you know? it cost a hundred grand to make roughly and made over 12 million. This guy is a 18 millionaire, a film Titan for what he did for the horror Dude, genre. Are you kidding me? Night of the living dead, dawn of the dead, day of the dead, document of the dead. All of these are fucking amazing movies. If Great you guys have not seen movies. Diary of the dead. Amazing. Go the through crazy, his the modern crazy that came out in 2010, he wrote that shit and made it in 1973. Yeah. Okay? This guy was revolutionary. He also was featured in, if you guys play Call of Duty, he was featured as the villain in one of the Black Ops maps because he, Black Ops zombies, I should say, because he is the father of zombies. And so, what, zombies are one of the most popular things We're talking about, in they pop permeated culture. into the, the main big leagues in pop culture. It's zombies one of the number one TV shows. Yeah. There's constantly zombie movies coming, to, uh, coming out now. There's constantly zombie video games coming out now. None of that popularized without Romero. Without Romero, it's dead in the water, man. I mean, he made it hip to, he made the living dead hip. He made it cool. You know, like back in back when The Night of the Living Dead first came out, he had a bunch of dudes taking their girls to drive-ins being scared out of their minds. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. He'll be sorely missed. And there's one sad note. Beyond his death, yes. you'd think that he would be worth a ton of money because he's responsible for everything known as zombie in the face of the earth. He had to be, right? Nope. Unfortunately, his production company, Walter Reed Organization, forgot to copyright it. Oh my uh, god, are you fucking kidding me? He'd be worth billions and billions for zombies? And the original Night of the Living Den entered public domain in the United oh, States fuck. because the original theatrical distributor in 1968 did not copyright everything. So when it came out and hit the big screen, the world made zombie movies and he couldn't cash in on any of it. Dude, talk about getting put into the legal bone zone. Could you imagine coming out with an idea that changes film for the next 50 years and everybody, literally 50 years and everybody doesn't have to pay you a dime. Yeah. People are like, Oh, people like to watch the living dead. Oh, let me go make that movie. And Romero's just like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah, I would have a hard time not feeling bitter. The fact that he still felt motivated to make more great movies for us, especially Dawn of the Dead. The fact that he came back and made that, this guy is just a real, yeah, a he real did it many times, and and it's just incredible. Uh, died at the age of seventy-seven years old, worth thirty-five million. Should have been worth a whole lot more for him and his family. He deserved it. Great, talented originator. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the production company kind of screwed him over in the end. So that's pretty much uh, one of the big losses of all time. R.I.P. Um, man. 
upcoming uh, box office winners for the week. Ooh, let's go. It's just crazy. And you wouldn't know by looking at it. And that's the scary part. Who won? The winner as of today is Dunkirk again. Dunkirk, baby. Let's clap it up for Nolan. Yes. Dunkirk has done it again. Good job, Nolan. And it's just amazing for me. Um, right on cue, Matt. Right yeah. on cue. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. All right, well. <laughs> Delayed reaction, folks. Sorry about that. Yeah. Dunkirk, $100 million production so far worldwide. And to be, you know what? I said I wouldn't probably go see it, but I'm probably going to have to break down on upcoming vacation time and check it out in the big screen. $265 million. Already, wow. Already. Christopher Nolan does it again. He's beating out the competition has with a ever... movie about moving troops from one shore to another. Has he ever not <laughs> done it? I don't know. This motherfucker has the Midas touch. He, he just does it again. I, I, you know, And it's a PG-13 movie. And the people who have seen it, and I can just go by hearsay, it's not top action, folks. I'm just going to say. Not a lot of dialogue. Nolan is the only director who's made me cry in the theater, dude. You're talking about Interstellar, bro? Yeah. yeah. Oh, when he gets back from the blue planet, my yeah. dude. Yeah. Actual tears. When I was he's like, sitting in front of the monitor. Oh, I was a bitch Dad, in the where theater. where are you? Just fucking... Tears, I was like, it's true. Oh, it's, come on, dude. You lied. You said you were coming back. If you didn't cry at one point during yeah. Interstellar, you're a robot. Yeah. I wonder I wonder if uh, there's like a coked out Christian Bale in Dunkirk. <laughs> he makes a cameo. <laughs> Mark, <laughs> who turned on the fucking set light? Do you see us Mom, doing something you? here? Was that you, Mom? Was that you, sis? <laughs> Get the fuck over here. <laughs> <laughs> he just wow. goes apeshit. <laughs> That'd all, be the funniest thing. All I know is uh, it was shot in 70 millimeter. Uh, the, the, oh, all these film nerd directors just shooting in 70. That's what he said. He said, and this is one of the true people that love IMAX. He said that I shoot in 70 millimeter because I believe some films are meant to be seen on the big screen. He's a dying breed, man. That's He's another alpha breed. statement. It dude. is. We're talking about the alphas of film. You're talking about Christopher Nolan, James Cameron, Spielberg. Yeah. Fucking just Josh Whedon. Tarantino. If he makes more You want some quiet time, Cam? Oh, yeah. <laughs> come over here, Nolan. <laughs> He's having a Nolan moment. Oh, come on. You know no, I love I, Nolan. I, come on. I mean, Nolan it, gave me the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, he did. How could I not love No, him? how could you not? Because those two movies... We talked about this. The top rated four movies in, in superhero history. He has number one and number three. Really? Do you, do you guys think you can push Tarantino into that category? Despite the fact that he hasn't made that many films, do you think he's up there with like Spielberg uh, and Nolan? Yes, and, yes, yes. When he announces a film, it makes news. And plus, his he has two films, that, no, three films that are by far in my top ten for sure. What? Pulp <laughs> Fiction, um, Inglorious Bastards, Reservoir I Dogs. Bastards. I just Shango rewatched Inglorious Bastards. Django like, is perfect those too. Those five movies? Yeah. Oh my fucking god! I'll watch them on repeat. Did you guys hear what he released as his new upcoming picture? What? What? You guys didn't hear what he starts filming on? What? No. Manson family. Oh. Get the fuck out of here! Yeah, he was directing that shit. He's directing oh. a movie. Manson. I can't I could, do. A, I could do a podcast on predictions about that. Yeah. I can't. I can't How think of a better person to do that. That's movie. what everybody's saying. Is there a movie or a topic not made? For a specific guy, more than that. Oh, I mean, perfect. 
And that's what they're Helter talking about. Helter Skelter, baby. Helter Skelter. And that's what they're talking right. about right now. Let's hit us up with some new releases. The new releases for this week coming out, and they're going to be dropping this weekend. Uh, of course, it's going to be, we're talking about the weekend of the fourth. The Dark Tower. Ooh, oh, yeah. The Idris Elba. Yep. Stephen King. Stephen King. Uh, and Matthew McConaughey, and, and what's his name again? Mace? Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Idris Elba. And you have also Kidnap. And that is the Halle Berry new movie. It's being dropped. Oh, also. yeah, yeah, yeah. That looked good. That looked uh, good. Those are the two ones that I'll say definitely they're coming out right now. So if you're going to go to the movies. Grab your boo thing. And see Check it. Those out. Yeah. The other one that everybody's kind of talking about, it's getting some play, is – uh, from the uh, Detroit, it's a new movie coming out oh, also. Detroit, very with the guy from uh, The Force Awakens. It was what's his name? Uh, uh, Finn. Finn is in it, and that's a very topical picture. Those are the big three being released: The Dark Tower, Kidnap, and Detroit. Everything else are minor release, short story, or uh, small screen. Uh, but those are the big three for this week. Yeah, and I think that was a great show, guys. Holy yeah, I love that man. That was great. Not that bad. was amazing. We we definitely I love that we got neck deep in apes. Yep. And yeah. and you know what? The movie, I mean, I really really was not great on it, but after thinking about a lot of parts of it, I think you guys are right. It's it's definitely worth seeing. I think you should see it, Mason, when it hits Netflix. Yeah. I'll check it out. Definitely sure. check it I out when it should. hits up the Cuz you were a fan of the first two. Yeah. If you're a dude, if you're a fan of the first two, see it. You'll have to block out a whole afternoon. They'll watch it. Yeah. And as always, guys, the show is brought to you by Bucket of Wind Podcast Network. You can interact with them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Bucket of Wind. And if you want to hit them up through email, uh, bucketwind at gmail.com. Um, and that's pretty much it, yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. We're ending it with the Spartans. You came that's in with the Spartans. We'll leave with the Spartans. As always, right, guys. guys. Thanks, guys. It's a great show. Yeah. And uh, peace out. Please stand by for further details. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program.